Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. You're listening to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. As we were dealing with the events as they were unfolding over the last couple of weeks, we were focused on every contingency, whether or not we might have to cancel the season at some point, whether or not we might have to take a pause. Uh, how we would continue to play as long as we could, whether or not there would be fans in some of the buildings or all of the buildings. And I had Wednesday afternoon pretty much focused on the fact that if we could complete uh, the regular season and get ready for the playoffs, maybe we should be doing that with all of our buildings empty as it relates to fans. Uh, And that's where I was going into Wednesday evening. However, every scenario I ever discussed with anyone internally or or with with the clubs, particularly the owners, had the caveat that if a player tests positive, Mm -hmm. we were going to have to stop playing. Uh, when, When the Utah Jazz player tested positive and the players couldn't play the game and the fans in, in Oklahoma City had to be sent home already having been at the game, uh, it occurred to me quite vividly that it was highly unlikely that we were going to get through the rest of our season without a player testing positive. And I wanted to then get ahead of a scene like the NBA had on Wednesday night and simply stop things and pause so that we could wait to see how the pandemic plays out. Um, And so I then decided to send a notice out to the Board of Governors asking for a conference call on Thursday, which we did midday, uh, so that I could advise the owners as to how I thought we should proceed uh, and then move forward from there. Uh, I just decided, in light of the fact that this pandemic seems to be infecting more and more people, and the more people you interact with, the more likely it is you're going to come in contact with it, and the fact that two of our teams occupied locker rooms within 24 hours in the last week of the time the Utah Jazz did, again, the likelihood that we were going to have a player test positive was only going to increase the longer we played. And so that was how the decision was made. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide. That was Commissioner Gary Bettman bringing us in. Ted Ramey with you as always. And now I am doing a show that I never thought that I would be doing. The NHL currently suspended on pause due to the coronavirus. And again, this is, and the word I keep on coming back to, and you'll hear me use it again and again throughout this episode, is unprecedented. I have been around and involved in sports my entire life. I'm 37 years old. It's not the youngest person on the planet, nor the oldest. But I've seen a lot in sports. I've seen tremendous comebacks. I've seen tremendous individual performances. I've seen work stoppages. I've seen records broken. 
I've seen records set. I have seen, you know, you go down the list. You think you've seen a pretty good idea of what the sports world can throw at you. And we were entering relatively uncharted territory of dealing with arenas being empty and games being played without fans. But as these discussions were being held, you felt like that was going to be the prudent decision. And then in a matter of days after those discussions started happening, the respective leagues around the sports world all made the decisions to shut things down. As this is being recorded, I don't know when hockey is going to return. I don't know when any sense of normalcy is going to return to the United States or the globe at large. And while we do love hockey and while I do love working in hockey, we also have to recognize that there are much bigger things at play than hockey. That said, our lives are all that much worse off because we don't have hockey in them. We do not have that relief at the end of the day. I remember when I was coming home on Wednesday, I texted my good friend Mike Holer, who also works for the Sharks in the capacity of Press Box PA, how excited I was for 5 o'clock hockey. Because, you know, when it's a home game or when it's a West Coast opponent, you're waiting till 7, 7.30 at night. But for me, I was like, hey, I get to sit down and watch hockey in a little bit in the afternoon. My kids, who were 6 and 4, they don't stay up as late, so they'll get to see much more of the game. And I, I, you know, I try and find the positive in every situation. No, there's not as few distractions as when I'm watching once the kids have gone to bed. But, you know, a 5 o'clock start time is good because my kids can sit and watch a little hockey with me. So I was excited for that. And I just like having, you know, a little Rusinowski pregame on commute time and just having that early start time. It just gives you a little bit of a change of pace. And at that point, I really wasn't thinking that that would be the final Sharks game of the foreseeable future. And I know that we were starting to head towards arenas without fans, but I thought that we would continue on in that direction. But everything really started happening rapidly in the next 24 hours, and then suddenly everything was shut down. And again, the word that I will continue to come back to is unprecedented. The only relative comparison we have to this in the sports world was what happened in 1918 and 1919 with Major League Baseball, which was shut down by a a pandemic, the Spanish flu. But I will be very quick to point out that the entire sports world 100 years ago, 101, 102 years ago, totally different, entirely less money involved, a pastime in the making at that point, but not nearly the economic impactful idea that we associate with sports today. Not as many jobs, not as many sponsorships, not as many roles, not as much tied in in each individual league and each individual player and each individual game. It was just a different world then, just as it is a different world now, and I imagine that in 100 years, it will be a different world then. And that's why there is no precedent. That's why there is no frame of reference. That's why we literally have no comparisons to make. The most immediate ones that we were getting into and my you know, fellow cohorts in the sports world was making comparisons to when things were shut down for September 11th. And the other comparison was in terms of people being afraid to play against other athletes was when fear of HIV and AIDS in the early 90s was going on and Magic Johnson uh, was coming back to the NBA following his diagnosis of being HIV positive when there was a lot of uncertainty about whether or not it was safe to play against him. And obviously things changed and we became a much more knowledgeable society with regards to that disease. But what we're dealing with right now is something entirely different. 
we have a highly contagious virus that has the ability to be extremely lethal. And so the powers that be made the decision to shut down the NHL, just like all the other sports leagues did this. And it leaves all of us uh, just without that much, you know, more joy and distraction and entertainment in our lives. And I think that while we all can agree this shark season certainly was not going the way we wanted it to, not going to hear any claim to the contrary from me, but I would rather watch a bad shark season than no sharks at all. I would rather watch a season that brought me frustration than having nothing to watch in the slightest. I think there's no doubt about that. And if anything, I think that I have just gained a greater appreciation for the consistency with which we can all rely on sports to give us entertainment, to give us distraction, to let us see and experience and witness things that we never thought we would. I go back not even a year ago to the comeback against Las Vegas. Being in the building for that, seeing it with my own eyes, is one of the most incredible things that I'll ever see in my life. The flip side of that is that what we're currently seeing in the world where everything is shut down, and I mean more specifically the sports world, where sports has come to a standstill for the greater part, that's one of the most amazing things I'm ever going to see in my life. I don't know that I will ever see anything like this again. I know that there will be future pandemics, but when we deal with a pandemic, we don't know how it's going to affect the United States society. We don't know how it's going to affect Canada. We don't know how it's going to affect different parts of the world. There are going to be future problems. I don't know in the near future when it will be like this again. And that's why seeing this all happen right now makes it so fascinating and makes it so serious, makes it so interesting, makes it so relevant. It is the most impactful news story that I've ever been a part of in my life. And that's not to downplay September 11th, the two Iraq wars that I've lived through, the war in Afghanistan, different types of military-associated conflicts. That has a little bit more of a, I won't say rhyme and or reason, but it has a little bit more of a predictability about it. Or we've been through it so many times as a society that we have somewhat of an idea of what to expect. But this, I have no frame of reference for. I have no comparison. I have no direct idea of which I can associate with it. I just know right now that I am concerned about a lot of people, and I know that I do not have the distraction of the San Jose Sharks or other sports to be a distraction. I love being able to come home from a rough day and turn on the television and watch the Sharks. I love being able to give myself that distraction. I love being able to forget about anything that was giving me a hard time throughout the day, turn on the game, and just think to myself, my brain is going to focus on Teal right now coming out with a positive result. My brain is not going to focus on the things that was stressing it out for the past however many hours, which sometimes my days start at 4 a.m., so when the Sharks are playing at 7.30 at night, by that point, I've had a lot on my plate. I've had a lot on my mind, and I want to be able to forget all about that, yell at the TV, scream for the guys that I want to win, be a fan, and ultimately be entertained. And I'll tell you what, we could all use that right now. We could use entertainment. And I was going back and looking at my DVR, and you know, I usually have it set up to record the most recent two games, and then it deletes them. Because my, you know, my wife has stuff to record. I can't just fill up the DVR with nothing but sporting events. So I keep the most recent two. And I've totally rethought my stance on that now. I'm like, well, I, you know, this, 
I don't have enough to go back and watch now. And I'm thinking to myself, well, do I really want to go watch that loss to Chicago again? And I thought to myself, no. But it's just, the point is, we could all use Sharks hockey right now. We could all use the distraction of the NHL. It was ramping up to the part of the season that we love the most, even if it was looking like it was not going to include the San Jose Sharks. We were getting to that point where you were going to be able to root for the Pittsburgh Penguins, which sounds crazy because you want Patty to lift the cup. You were going to be able to start looking at other teams, see who you were going to start going for, who you're going to be pulling for, who was the villain, how you were going to be rooting against Las Vegas, whatever it was going to be. We were getting to the most fun part of the year for the NHL. No doubt about it. And yes, we all love the regular season. We all love the day in, day out grind. But the Stanley Cup playoffs, as what they provide in terms of sheer drama and entertainment and more, it's the best of the best of the best. It does not get any better than that. And now we don't know if and when this season is returning. Now I have hopes. I have hopes that it will be able to return at some point. But again, I am an epidemiologist, and to quote um, Billy Bean from uh, his work in the sports world, hope is not a strategy. And I hope that there is a strategy for a return amongst the top minds in healthcare and hockey that do see a path to the NHL coming back sooner rather than later. But I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm just hopeful. I'm hopeful for a return, and I'm basing that hope on absolutely nothing. And I don't mean that I am without hope. I just mean that I'm not the right person to be talking about this. I literally only have the desire to talk about more hockey, and that is what is fueling my hope. It's a love for the sport. It's a love for the game. It's a love for the NHL and the incredible amounts of, you know, the highs and the lows and everything in between that we get over the course of the regular season and, of course, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, you're just, you want to see it again. You want to see that drama. You want to see these battles. You want to see these storylines develop that you never thought were going to be there. And that's what makes this all the more, I guess, relatively intriguing because this is the grand twist that we never saw coming, more so than we could never see the third-period comeback against Vegas last year. You could never see less than a year later all of sports grinding to a halt because of a global pandemic. That one was not on my sports bingo card for 2020. If it was on yours, I guess I should buy you a beer. You're pretty damn good. I give you a lot of credit. I don't think any of you had it, though. But I guess the grand point out of all of this is that it's a very serious situation, a potentially deadly situation, and I just want all of you out there to be as safe and as healthy as possible. I don't want us to lose any Sharks fans. I don't want any Sharks fans losing any lung capacity. I don't want any Sharks fans dealing with anything that could impact their health. Or to go beyond that, I don't want anyone anywhere out there to deal with anything that negatively impacts their health. Sharks fan or not, I just want everyone out there to be happy and healthy and be able to live their day-to-day lives as we all look at it as it should be, our normal everyday life. And for me, a sports broadcaster, there is nothing normal about what is going on right now. But what I do want to do right now is go out to the phone lines, where we now have joining us Jonathan Becker, president of the San Jose Sharks. JB, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Ted, I'm doing well, given everything that's going on in the world. Uh, Happy to be on Morning Tide. How are you doing today? 
I'm good, man. You know, I am uh, doing my best to practice social distancing and I'm washing my hands and doing all the other things that are asked of us in this unprecedented time that we're currently operating in. And I guess that would be my, my first question for you, really, is just how you are responding to operating in, again, unprecedented times. I mean, we've had work stoppages in the NHL and other sports before. There's nothing new about that aspect, but it's been under a completely different context. And comparatively, those work stoppages are nothing compared to what's going on right now, because obviously it's not isolated to hockey. It's hockey, it's baseball, it's basketball, it's soccer, it's every sport, it's collegiate sports. And this is, again, a global pandemic that hockey just happens to also be feeling the effects of. But that doesn't necessarily make your response any different because you obviously have a lot on your plate right now. Yeah, Ted, so I think if I had to pick one word, it's chaotic right now. I mean, you said unprecedented. Clearly, that's right. Um, Mostly, we're reacting to everything we learn we're building new plans because our old plans didn't really work. And then we're communicating based on whatever information we have at that time. Look, every organization, including the Sharks, have contingency plans for lots of different situations you might find yourself in. But no one had a contingency plan for this. It's unprecedented, right? That was yeah. the word you used. We, we looked for a while at moving games to other locales. And after a while, it became clear that that wouldn't help anything. And then I think people know we looked at maybe closing the building and playing games without any fans. But that didn't seem to make sense whatsoever. It's not just hockey, though, right? We have lots of events at the SAP Center. So the question is, can we reschedule them? If so, how far out should we reschedule them? Nobody really knows what's next. So almost every day, it's build another plan based on what you've learned the previous day. In terms of the conversations that were happening over the last week in the buildup, was there a sense that this was going to happen, or were you just waiting to hear what the NHL was going to do? I mean, I know you can't give us the nitty-gritty of every conversation, but I'm sure as the week continued to develop and there was more talk of closed-door events and Santa Clara County was making their uh, announcements about things being limited to a 1,000 people, you know, if you could take us a bit behind the scenes of how everything was operating for the organization at that point. Yeah, so we early on, I think that way back on March 5th, we started building multiple operational plans. At the time, the best information was at some point we're going to have to play with closed-door buildings, so we built a very detailed plan of what that means. Can you still broadcast a game on TV? Do those count? Do the players count for minimum number of people in the building? How do you get everybody out and put them back in? What kind of special cleaning do you do? So, as I said, we were almost on an hourly basis in contact with public officials, with specialty doctors, with epidemiologists, et cetera, trying to figure out what's going on. I don't think any of us had a sense of how quickly this would grow. Uh, exponential is a word that's in everybody's vocabulary, but I think this is the real life that we're sort of feeling now. But more than anything else, it's not just hockey. It's an impact on people that I don't think we as a society have been quite prepared for. I, so I, agree. I think the short answer to your question is we prepared, but there was no preparing for it. No, and I think that's the thing that we you know kind of have to look at is that there was – there is no, you know, preset course of action for this because it's, you know, again, we keep on using the words unprecedented. We haven't seen something like this. And I guess, you know, you've had exactly. this buildup in the week to it. What was your reaction? What was the the building's reaction, the front office, when the news came down from Commissioner Bettman that everything was going to be put on hold? I mean, I imagine on one hand there's almost a relief because you go from having a thousand different potentialities to having one definite one, but at the same time, that definite one is taking 
a, a, a tremendous amount of joy out of people's lives because people live and die with the sh- sharks and sports uh, on, a, on a huge basis. I mean, this is something that suddenly people use as an escape and then it's gone from their lives. So, you know, there's, there's the two sides to it. So just if you could take us through your and the front office's reaction to Commissioner Bettman's announcement that the season was being put on hold. I think just watching the buildup in Silicon Valley and Santa Clara County in particular, we seem to be one of the hot spots that happened earlier in North America and the U.S. for sure. By the time the announcement came up, not too many people were surprised. At that point, it became inevitable. It was not a matter of if, it was more of a matter of when. So I, I, you mentioned it. I think we switched from which of these 10 or 12 different plans are we going to operate on to the certainty of this is the right plan. But I, I think still it was a bit of a shock because it became very personal to every person. Um, for those of us that are not on the, the, the players themselves, who had to come back from St. Louis on short notice, and then were asked to stay home for a week to make sure they were okay because they share the same locker rooms as the NBA players as well. To those of us that worked for building, we suddenly went from working in the building to working from home. To the part-time workers that depend on us uh, for their income, and so we wanted to make sure that they were covered as well. That scramble to go into action mode, I think, energized everybody. It brought us together. It gave us a common mission. So as severe as it is, uh, it was a rallying point. It really showed me that operating in times of crisis can bring people together and brought out the good in so many different people. Just in your own background in terms of operating within a crisis, did you have any reference point or is there anything that even compares to this in your career? I don't think anything compares to this exactly. I mean, you've used the word unprecedented a couple of times. We've certainly used that a lot as well. But uh, in my past tech background, I put on a large, a lot of large events. Uh, a Sapphire event is 15 to 25,000 people. And we've had a number of health scares during those events as well. Uh, you may remember that, you know, we've had uh, coronavirus come in milder versions in years past. Um, we've had other pandemics as well. So we've had to evacuate buildings on short notice due to things like bomb threats. We've had to deal with cleaning buildings in after hours. Uh, there was, oh, I don't remember, several hundred of us that were trapped in Europe for several weeks when that volcano erupted. I think that was somewhere in Scandinavia and none of us could get on an airplane and all flights from the U.S. But nothing at this scale and suddenness, I would say. So in terms of when you're making decisions and you're operating in, again, this unprecedented zone, did you have self-doubt at any point? Was there anything that crept into your mind where you're saying, are we, am I, is this the right decision? I mean, you never really know until you make the decision. The good news is we have really good access to a network of other professionals. The health authorities locally uh, gave us good guidance. Uh, We reached out to the NHL on multiple occasions to bounce ideas off of them. Here in the Bay Area, all the different sports teams got on calls repeatedly and shared information among themselves. So to have absolute certainty would be silly, given the world changed so much. But I felt confident in all the decisions we made. Again, we've got Sharks President Jonathan Becker joining us here on Morning Tide. There are hundreds, thousands of behind-the-scenes workers, front office, ushers, cooks, ticket takers, all impacted by this. Um, I am aware that ownership has stepped up with a plan to help those individuals. Um, if you could expound upon that a little bit or just talk about what the, what the franchise is trying to do. Yeah, so from the first moment that we thought we might be playing games but without any fans, we realized that it was going to impact 
a lot more people than the game itself. It was going to enter uh, part-time workers. So more than a week ago, we said, we've got to figure out how to take care of all of them. In fact, our owner, Hasso Plotner, that was his first reaction, which is do whatever you can to protect everyone's health and well-being and make sure you pay those who can least afford to go without working. Frankly, that's obviously going to have some financial impact on us. We'll figure out what that number is once we're out of the situation. And there's no denying that it's going to be a big hit on us financially. But we're a community. We're a collection of people, and we want to make sure to take care of everyone that we can. So we are paying the part-time workers based on their normal shift requirements. A number of our other partners that employ people are doing that as well. I'm seeing other teams around the league and, frankly, other leagues raise their hands and do that as well. I said it earlier in this broadcast, but I've really been heartened by the number of shows of personal support that I've seen by those that are better off to those that are those might be less fortunate. So the commissioner makes the announcement, and now we're all on pause. I mean, do you even try and guess about what's going to happen in the coming weeks? I mean, has there been any talk from the NHL's top brass about when they're going to start reevaluating timelines and things of that nature? Look, we're looking at this on almost a daily basis. I think speculating when the world will change and it'll be safe to go back and go to events again, to play the game of hockey, to go to the moves better, all those things, speculating is probably a bad idea. The key is personal safety. Um, but we're never going to go back in the short term the way it was just a couple of weeks ago. Um, we'll probably stage back in. But one thing I can tell you is the players, as I said earlier, are at home, they're on their safety as well. At some point, hopefully the situation stabilizes and they can start practicing again. Um, depending on how long this lasts, we probably need a mini training camp to get people back in again as well. Um, I, you know, We would love to play hockey again. We, you said this earlier in your podcast. It's something that unites us, that uh, gives people a distraction during times of trouble, but we don't want to do it until it's very safe, and it seems that at a minimum it's a couple of weeks away from that possibly significantly longer. What has the response been from the fans? You know, I think the initial response from many fans was disappointment, but ultimately they understood that we're unprecedented. Look, there's that word again, and we're going through what all this as a country. So I think people have accepted it and understand it. Um, and frankly, they've risen to support us. One of the things I've seen a lot on social media and Ted, you've probably seen as well is a lot of fans are interacting with each other wherever they are in the world. Uh, some of them are even playing virtual hockey games with each other, using clips from older games. And I saw one thing play out that we played the Blues online a couple of days ago, which was fantastic. I've seen offer from some fans to support other fans, depending on what situations they're in. This is It's amazing to me how tightly knit the hockey community is. And it's a great example of Heal Together. It Eventually, we get to the point that it looks like we're not going to play any more home games, and I hope that doesn't happen, but I guess it could. Then we'll contact our season ticket holders and our individual game fans about how they can get refunds or credits. But for now, because we hope to continue the regular season, we're asking people to hold on to their tickets. Yeah, and I think that's you know the, the best thing to do is right now people are hoping that there will be that return. And you brought up the idea of the mini, tr- mini training camp Um, which is, you know, I think what all sports would have to go through right now. And it's just, you know, I think, like you said earlier, the day-to-day process, everybody's learning, everybody's processing, everybody's taking in all this new information. And um, it's, I mean, there there is an aspect of this that, 
is is very very fascinating and will change sports fundamentally going forward because I'd imagine that future CBAs and things of that nature will have more emergency contingencies written into them now that we have this as as a specific reference point of which we didn't before so I I do think there is going to be a pre and post sports world with regards to COVID-19 but I'll ask you this Jonathan is there any message that you have for the fans um, while I've still got you here you know I, I think my quick reaction here is what we're experiencing is bigger than just sports and entertainment we're essentially operating in uncharted waters and there's no map of which direction to go. And so the best thing we can do is to band together to navigate through this. Sharks hockey is going to be back. I, I can't tell you exactly when it's going to be back, but it's clearly going to come back. But until then, let's focus on all of us. Let's focus on our larger community. And just remember, whatever actions you take, social distancing and others, don't just protect yourselves, but protect others. And that's the heart of what we have to do, and that's acting as keel together. Love it, Jonathan. I really appreciate your time and what you had to say today. I will let you go and get back to the many, many things that I know are keeping you very, very busy right now. But, again, I really appreciate your time, and I hope I can bug you again on more hockey-centric things uh, at a later but sooner rather than later date. It's a deal. I'd love to come back on Morning Tide in the future. Once again, that is Sharks president Jonathan Becker giving us some great insight into what has been one of the most memorable and tumultuous weeks in the history of not just modern sports, but of the modern world. And now we all step out into the unknown together. None of us have any idea what is going to happen next. We don't know if and or when hockey is returning. We don't know how much of an impact the coronavirus will continue to have or for how long of an impact it will have. But, you know, like I said earlier, the takeaway for me is just that I think that I will have a greater appreciation for the good, the bad, and the ugly that we get from professional sports. I think that there are times where we get spoiled as Sharks fans, where if they're not one of the best teams in the division and or the conference, we view that as just an abject failure. But right now, I would love to be able to watch a Sharks team that is decimated by injury and not what we usually expect from them in terms of a record. I would just love to be able to watch them play right now. And I'm trying to take away a greater appreciation from the other things in life that we all take for granted. But, you know, this is part of my life. This is part of my livelihood. When you're a sports broadcaster and sports get shut down, it leaves you with a little bit of a, well, I won't say identity crisis, but Life as a sportscaster, when there are no sports, it gets a little tricky. That wraps it up for us today, everyone. Take care of yourselves. Be healthy. Be safe. Wash your hands. Take care of your health. Prioritize yourselves, your family, your friends. Hockey, entertainment, showbiz, this will all be back. But in the meantime, focus on yourself and the ones you love. After we take care of that, in a hopefully not too distant future, we'll be able to get back to our love of the game of hockey and the San Jose Sharks sooner rather than later. A big thanks once again to Sharks president Jonathan Becker for joining me on Morning Tide. A big thanks to you for tuning in and, of course, to the San Jose Sharks for making this show a reality. One more time, stay safe and stay healthy, everyone. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off.